0: And welcome back to Kidman Talk. This is episode 138, and I am really excited about this episode. I really want you to focus in on this podcast. I honestly, truly believe that this episode of Kidman Talk could have a dramatic impact on your next season of ministry because we are headed out of a crazy season and churches are getting ready to uh, reopen and resume and they're making those plans. I'm reading all the Facebook posts and all the tweets and I'm getting messages and I'm reading all that and it's all good and it's all important. But I think there's something being missed. I think there's a missed opportunity in the midst of this season. So I want to challenge you. I want to ask you some profound questions that the answer to those questions could have a dramatic impact on your ministry and for the positive in an incredible way. Today's episode is sponsored by servehq.church. I'll tell you a little bit more about them and why uh, I'm very excited about the potential for Serve HQ in this next phase. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to talk. Kidman. Hey, this is Carl Bastian, a.k.a. the Kidologist from Kidology.org, and I am just so honored to get to spend this time with you, whether you are listening on iTunes or on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you found this, I am super excited to spend this time with you. In fact, I am going to be trying really hard, and it's going to be hard for me, to not give you too many answers and not give you too many ideas. And that sounds crazy because maybe that's why you're listening. So don't, don't stop listening, but I want to ask you questions. I want to ask you some profound questions. You know, the, the secret to leadership is not what you do, it is the questions that you ask, and the answers to, the quest, to those questions. Um, that's why I love to tell the joke about uh, the student who went to his master, and he said, Master, why is it that every time I ask you a question, you respond with a question of your own? To which the master contemplated, and thought, and reflected, and he answered by saying, why do you think that I do that. See, that professor, that master, he knew a sensei even. He knew the power of questions. So um, this is an exciting era where we're at right now. uh, We're headed into the middle of June. Churches have either begun to reopen. Some are preparing to reopen. Some may not open for a couple of more months. It all depends on your state and the regulations and the guidelines and the suggestions and trying to manage um, the comfort levels of, of your people and 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 it is it is challenging, um, but I gotta tell you, this has been one of the hardest seasons of ministry, and yet it has been one that I have enjoyed the most. Um, it has been exciting. I have enjoyed watching how uh, my own church has responded, and how we've been giving out you know boxes of hope to needy families. We've had drive-through dinners where we've partnered with the city and with restaurants to provide meals, and as you know through Kidology, I have loved putting together kids' church online services. From that first week when I left a family getaway on Friday found out, was called into church, and found out no services on Sunday. And I spent my entire Saturday not only filming an online service for big church with the other staff, but producing a kids' church service that very first week, have no fear, God is here. And then I did an Easter series called Rise. And then we did the um, the uh, Eternity and Beyond Space series. Then we did Extreme Bible Dudes. And right now I'm in the middle of the Sneak and Snoop Bible Detectives. And I've had so much fun doing this, but ministry is going to be changing. We've totally shifted. I love doing webinars on taking your ministry digital, how to do Zoom, how to edit an iMovie. So many of you have learned some incredible new skills, and I'm so proud of you. It's actually been fun to watch the view counts go down on the services that I'm providing and putting out because more and more of you have not needed them because you're starting to create your own stuff. And and while I'm sad to see view counts go down, I celebrate that I've been able to play a small part in helping other churches produce their own stuff for their kids. And I've talked in past podcasts how Things from You for Your Kids is the best. It's not about the quality. It's about you loving your kids, communicating with your kids, and trying your best uh, to be creative for your kids. But right now, the talk is all, boy, how are you reopening? mass or no mass? Uh, how are you going to... Follow guidelines, and I'm reading those threads, and I'm following those threads. I'm I'm effing to dive into CDC guidelines, and and in cooperation, you know, with Colorado and uh, and what's expected here, and uh, we're still figuring it out. And I'm reading all these threads, and 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 it's all good, and it's all important because we need to reopen well. Uh, we need to do it in a way that people feel safe. Uh, Would you do it in a way that that's that's healthy? I love that the bar is going to be raised for cleanliness. Uh, that's a good thing all around, right? I mean, it's kids' ministry. Kids are always sniffling and sneezing. You know this well, baby policy, and please don't bring your sick kid to church. Um, you know, people pretty much ignored that. I think people are going to do a better job of not bringing their their kid that's sick to church, um, and so that that's all good. But my concern is that we think higher that we think further, that we think beyond that. I am so excited about this new era of ministry because it is an opportunity for you to literally start over. And I want to challenge you to not be thinking about um, just guidelines and policies and procedures and social distancing and cleanliness and rotating toys and and, and all that, you have to. I mean, that's all important. But you've heard that expression, you know, not seeing the forest, you know, for the trees. And there's a lot of trees that we got to deal with right now. But this is an opportunity for you to completely start over. If you're familiar with um, with my book, The Kidology Ultimate Toolbox for Children's Ministry, if you don't have this, I would encourage you to get it. And uh, in fact, I'm going to show a way that I'm going to give away uh, a digital copy of this later in the podcast, and I'll tell you how. But the whole premise of this book is blueprints. For children's ministry, and it and it uses the metaphor and the analogy of building a building in its uniqueness and foundation laying and team building and resources and getting organized, and um, and it's phenomenal. I got an email just this week, someone saying it was the best investment they ever made in their ministry was to buy this book. Well, my point's not to promote the book, although certainly I hope you'll buy it, and I I know you'll find it helpful because it's just all the stuff I've learned from doing this for decades, but. Right now, you have an opportunity to build something new. You know, a a resource like this is great when you're new, uh, whether you're a new children's pastor or you're starting in a new ministry. But right now, you don't have to change churches, you don't have to have a new job in order to start something new. I'd like to make the analogy, and it's a painful one, of something disastrous happening. To your home, um, I've had friends who have had a fire in their home, and it, it ruined things, and they had to gut it. Um, and yet, in every situation, as hard as it was, and as painful, and as as costly, their homes ended up better after the fire. Because they got some insurance money, they were able to rebuild, redesign, put in new floors, you know, do some creative things they always wanted to do, but they just never had the money to do it or the time to do it. Or frankly, they didn't need to do it. And sometimes if we don't need to do something, we we just never do it, right? And and yet that fire or that hurricane or that earthquake or whatever it is that comes along and, and if not completely destroys the building, uh, renders it un usable for a season. Well, that's our churches right now, right? Things were humming along. Things were going great. I know at my church, we were growing. We were in an exciting phase. I was in the midst of of the planning for our Easter outreach, and I've talked about that in the past, and, and so exciting. We had momentum going, more people coming every year than the year before, and all of a sudden, a storm came in the name of COVID-19, and it wrecked our ministries. It blew upon our, our buildings, and all of a sudden, we found ourselves evicted, right, from the building. And, and we had to set up triage, and we had to learn how to video edit, and we had to learn how to do Zoom, and, and we had to, you know, get back on that old-fashioned thing called the telephone and call people. And yet, the building needed repair. Now we're trying to go back in. And my challenge is don't just go back in. Do not go back to what you're doing before. You have an opportunity right now to do something fresh and to do something amazing. So if, if, uh, if something catastrophic comes upon a building and, and it has come upon our ministries, how, how do we start over? Well, the first thing you've got to do, number one, is you've got to clear the rubble. I mean, there is destruction now. Our buildings are not—they're probably really clean. They haven't been used. I'm not talking about physical rubble, but I'm talking about this is an opportunity to clean out. Now, this can be literally to use this as an opportunity to clean out rooms, clean out closets, um, get organized. All that'd be great to do. But but I would ask yourself some deep questions, right? And to clear away some things from the past and to get ready for this new season of what does God have for you in this new season. You might want to ask yourself, what will nobody miss if I don't resume? What what will nobody miss if I don't continue it? And there have been seasons in my life where there were things that I love doing in the ministry, and I put a lot of time into them and a lot of energy and a lot of creativity, and I was very proud of, of the results, and I finally got challenged uh, as I had to evaluate time and resource and be a steward of my time, and sometimes I would just stop doing something just to see if anyone would go, hey, I notice you're not doing this anymore, or where's that monthly newsletter you used to write, or whatever it is, and sometimes there are things that nobody is going to miss. Another way to ask the question would be to ask yourself, what was nobody even asking you to do? I mean, not the people, not even your boss. What were some things that maybe you were doing that nobody was asking you to do? It doesn't mean they're bad things, but this is an opportunity to let those things go, to to not resume them. We've had this season of a couple of months you don't have to automatically start doing again those things that you were doing before. It's time to ask yourself the hard question: What was a time waster? You know what ate up a bunch of my time, and the results, or the impact, or the the um, the reasons I did it really weren't worth the time investment. It doesn't mean it was a bad thing. It doesn't even mean that there was no return. But if you spent hours. Or days on something and the return on that investment of your time and energy and perhaps even resources was small This is an opportunity to clear that um, To not do it to say whatever produced the least results. I'm not going to do and then after you've cleared that rubble The second stage is to reevaluate Everything all right, let me say that again reevaluate Everything all right everything's up for grabs. Now, there's going to be some things you that obviously you, you, you can't not do. Like, let's just not have children's church anymore. Well, you, you probably need to still have your children's church, but you can reevaluate it. You can decide the room it's in. You can decide the direction the chairs are facing. You can decide whether it's time to just tear out that old set um, that the kids are blind to anyway. Maybe it's time, if you've got a month or two Um, Before reopening, maybe this is the time to to paint, to put some new posters up, um, to get some new chairs, to get easy risers, something cool. Um, Evaluate everything. Where did you spend your time and where would you like to spend your time, all right? And decide that every single thing I did, I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to evaluate the time I spent on it, the resources it cost, the impact that it had, and then I'm going to decide what am I going to resume what am I going to improve? And what am I going to leave behind? It doesn't mean it was bad. It was wonderful, but it it served its purpose in its time. And when you let something go, you make room. You build in space for something new. And then this third one, um, I'm really excited about. And this is to rehire yourself, all right? Rehire yourself. Approach your job as though you had just been hired. Because remember when you were new? Remember when you just got hired? And the previous person, oh man, they did everything wrong, right? And you came in and you were able to evaluate and do surveys and and talk to people and find out where the weaknesses were, and what the strengths were, and decide how you're going to move the ministry forward. Well, fire yourself. You've been fired for a couple months. I mean, you've been doing a completely different job with video editing and, and all this other stuff. Don't tell your boss... You know, because you know, you don't want him reevaluating, right? But rehire yourself and ask yourself, all right, if I were just hired, if I just inherited this ministry from someone else, forget that you're inheriting it from yourself, what give yourself that objectivity. There's an article in kidology called Seeing Your Ministry with Fresh Eyes. Walk through the building, think through the ministry, every single thing, ask the question, why? why is this here? Why do we do this? Why is this stored this way? Why is this set up this way? Why do we call it this thing? And so what you do is you start asking why. I would actually challenge you. You're going to think this is nuts, and it's right here in the toolbox. You need to write yourself a job description. Most leaders... Operate without a job description. Now, I know they wrote when they were, when they hired you, right? And that thing is totally um, forgotten. It's it's totally you know not even referenced anymore. And so it's time to write a new job description. It's time to decide what do I want my job to be. And I've got a job description. I don't even know if my boss ever seen it. Where where I have written out my number one goal is I want to be a shepherd. And what does that look like? What does that mean? How do I shepherd? The second one is that I want to be a teacher. That's my one of my strongest gifts. I love teaching. How am I going to teach? What am I going to teach? What am I going to teach? You know. And then it's recruiting and training and encouraging. Um, special events a little bit further down because uh, they're seasonal. But I've got this written job description that I go to, and then I reevaluate myself and what I'm doing and and how I'm doing. I grade myself because I'd rather I'd rather grade myself. And by great, I don't mean A, B, C, D, but I, I, I kind of have a, a one is, man, you're hitting out of the park. You're, you're awesome at it. Two is you're doing a great job. There's room for improvement. Three is like, okay, you're doing it, but nothing to brag about. Four is, yeah, you barely have an excuse of doing it. Five, you're completely neglecting this area. If you write your own job description and then on a monthly basis, and especially right now, you evaluate yourself from one to five from you're hitting it out of the park to like you're terrible at it, how much better is it for you to identify that and you to shift focus and time and energy and bring up some of those low areas? And it's actually okay for a couple ones to drop to twos if it means you're bringing some four and fives up. And because we need balance in ministry. So, write yourself a job description and then start thinking about your ministry strategy. This might even be a time to develop your philosophy of ministry. If you don't have a philosophy of ministry, search Kidology for philosophy of ministry, and you're going to find a ton of resources. The toolbox, if you get this, is going to walk you through how you can develop a strategy for your ministry. I might even make the next podcast for the ministry philosophy and strategy that I use to evaluate everything that I do. But this is an opportunity for you to to start over and ask yourself the tough questions how am i going to recruit how am i going to train my volunteers that's where ServeHQ comes in ServeHQ is a great website for sending training to your volunteers you know who watched it if you use planning center integrates with planning center you can import a list you can send it out it actually sends it out by text or email and it tells you whether they watch the video, whether they answer the review questions that you can put to to make sure they watch it and and make and develop your new strategy. In fact, I would actually tell you right now, you have no volunteers. Now you probably have a few people helping you during the season, but I would start all over. I would completely start over. Now your past volunteer roster. That's your recruiting list because there's you probably are going to lose some people in this season. They've moved. Uh, they go to another church or they don't feel comfortable uh, serving yet. And so you need to start fresh with a brand new roster, recruiting people, not assuming, asking every single one of your volunteers to come in. And those who have stepped up and helped in other areas, um, they're, they're great people uh, to have new workers. But but start over. Start everything over and then after the fourth one, we have clear the rubble, all right, get rid of the rubble, reevaluate everything, ask why about everything, and then rehire yourself. Write a job description, think through your strategy, your philosophy, how you ask those big questions, how you're going to reach the community and stuff, and then give yourself a renewed focus. Decide when I go back into this ministry and we reopen, it's not going to be about you know, how we clean, how we social distance, what rooms we use. You have to do all that. But don't make that what the ministry is about. Boy, you'll get discouraged. You'll get down and that will become contagious. And everyone around you will get down. Remember in ministry, you're either a thermostat or you are a thermometer. A thermometer reflects the temperature. A thermostat sets the temperature. You need to set the temperature with a renewed focus to talk and dream and pray and strategize about what matters most and focus your time in those areas. Redefine what is my mission? What is it I'm trying to accomplish? Develop a fresh vision for your ministry. Boy, the toolbox will guide you through developing a vision, working with your team. Maybe it's time for you to form a team. If you've been doing ministry solo and you've kind of known, man, I really need a a leadership team, then go to the Kidology Management training on how to develop a team, start forming a team. This is a great season. Man, you can blame so much good stuff on the virus. Like we've we've got to increase our training because of the virus. I need you all to watch this video? I need to develop a leadership team because of the virus because we're relaunching. Man, milk this corona thing for all the good that you can get out of it. It's done plenty of harm. How about how about getting some good out of it? What's the silver lining that you can begin to re- focus your ministry, I would challenge you to get away. All right. Get out to a coffee shop. If you can find one that's open or do a drive-through and go to a park. Uh, if, if home can be uh, a, an area with, without distraction, then do it at home. Maybe your building is a quiet place, but I'd say get out of the building and just get up, maybe get yourself a blank brand new notebook and, and just start writing and sketching and put those big words down like recruiting, trading. Encouraging ministry to parents, uh, reaching kids online and in my community, and start to dream and, and start to to doodle and and to and to think about how again I'm trying I'm resisting giving you ideas because I know the Holy Spirit is more than capable and better equipped because He knows you knows your church knows your community to give you some exciting fresh ideas for this. Season. So you need to start asking profound questions. I'm going to give you um, just two questions to end with that I'd like you to think about. The first one is this all right, what three things, if you started doing them now, would have a profound impact on you and your ministry over the next 12 months? And I'm and I'm I'm itching to give you ideas. I'm just itching to give you ideas, but I'm resisting because I don't want you to go, oh, that's a great idea, I'll do that. No, no, no. I want you to ask God and I want you to reflect on what three things, if you started them right now, before reopening, you just started them right now. Oh man, I so want to give you ideas that would make a profound impact in your ministry over the next 12 months. 12 months from now, you'll look back to this week, this podcast, when you identified three things that if you started doing them would have a profound impact on your ministry. When I've done this challenge in the past, I've had people a year later respond to me and say, it, it worked because we all, we all know those things. We just need to do them. The second question is what one thing this is one thing. The other three things, if you started doing them now, would have a profound impact on your ministry and your life over the next year. All right. What one thing, if you stopped doing it, would have a profound impact on you and or your ministry. All right. So that's your assignment. All right. I want you to embrace what if. What if. And Put a piece of paper down, get out that notebook, write what if, and reflect on those three things you could start doing, the one thing you could stop doing, and ask what if. List a bunch of what ifs. Oh, I'm dying to give you some what ifs you did this, and what if you did that. But I got to let those be for me from the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to do the same thing. And then the final question is just why not? Why not do those things? So I said I would give away a digital copy of this book. In the last podcast, I said I was going to give away uh, three copies of the Bright um, Bright Idea book, my autobiographical leadership book on the story of Kidology. It's not even available in our store. It's a it's a behind the scenes um, autobiographical book. It's the story of how Kidology was founded, my call to ministry, but with each chapter and each story is the leadership principles and the life principles that I learned along The way the only way to get that book is if you go to our donation page. It's for people who donate, support the ministry. I send that as a thank you gift. And uh, I will be sending three copies of that in the mail. I forgot to jot down the names, but you know who you are because I've already been in communication with you. This podcast, I want to give away a free digital copy of the book. Now, I recommend you get the physical one. I designed this to have space to write and doodle. If you win the digital copy, you're going to end up wanting the print one. But here's what you need to do. All right. Two things. Number one, you need to share this podcast. Now, whether you're sharing the Facebook version of it or whether you're sharing the YouTube link, you just have to show me that you shared it. You can figure that out. But you need to comment wherever you watch this. You need to comment. And in the technology Facebook group is probably the best place because I always share it there. You need to sh- You need to comment one of those things right? And maybe, I'll probably forget, maybe in a year I'll go back and check and maybe I'll go, hey, how's that going? Uh, So maybe you give yourself accountability. You're probably safe. I'll probably forget to do that. But you're going to comment either three things, and you can just give me one, but on the three things that if you started doing them now would have a profound impact on your life over the next year. You're not promising to do it. You're just saying, you're just putting it down in writing. Yeah, I know this is one thing that I bet if I started doing this now and I kept doing it, it would have a profound impact on my ministry over the next year. Or you can post, what's the one thing that if you stopped it would have a profound impact on you and or your ministry? All right, you got that? And I'm going to give away a free copy. So start asking yourself, what if? Get above the weeds and the noise of reopening church and what that's going to look like and what policies. And this is a new opportunity. This is an exciting opportunity. I am pumped. I mean, I'm going to treat my job, which I've been at now over three years, like I just got hired because I get to recruit. I get to train. I get to reevaluate everything. I get to ask what ifs, and I get to list those what ifs, and then I get to answer why not. I'm going to be trying at least three new things. I'm going to look and pray about that one thing to stop. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And I'd love to hear what God does in your ministry as well. Remember to go to kidology.org forward slash to find out how that ministry uh, can help you as well. Thanks for joining me here today.